What's up, bikers? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream, episode 108, first one of 2022. Oh my God, I can't believe we got all that out without screwing something up. <laughs> it's one of those days where I'm like rushing to get everything happening right to the last second, and there's too many there's too many variables right when you start, especially after a new year. And you haven't done a show in like two weeks. I feel like it, when it's two weeks in between a show, I walk out here and, and I have like, like, I don't even know how to fucking podcast anymore. So <laughs> here we are, episode 108. We're going to have Hunter on from SpokeX. But before we get started, the first thing I want to say is thank you to everyone who just recently signed up on Patreon. You guys are rad. The support is much needed. The, um, Beer fridge has been completely emptied over the holiday season, so that needs some help. But thank God it's you know the beginning of the year, and um, well, I'm going to try to be dialing back on the drinking and the eating as much as I was because I still want to hit that eighty that eighty pound goal, and um, the holidays weren't playing well into that. So we're going to do what we can do about that. But thanks again to everybody on Patreon. If you haven't stopped by Patreon and check, to check it out, please do, man. It's only a buck. It's like throwing a tip at your bartender or like five bucks if you want to throw a little bit more. And you get some extra stuff. You get some coupon codes for some of the uh, companies that have been on the biker bar. And um, you also get some extra content and the peace of mind of knowing that you're making a fat 44 year old guy one step closer to telling everybody his job to go screw themselves so those are all positives i'm telling you if you don't want to pay for anything please stop by my instagram or my facebook at biker b1 that would uh i like seeing those numbers grow it makes me happy same thing as this channel if you haven't subscribed hit subscribe and if you're a podcast listener thank you very much if you're an apple podcast listener swing by there and write a review a five-star review if you don't really want to write a five-star review then probably don't waste your time it's not worth it so <laughs> anyways i'm gonna go ahead and bring hunter on and we'll we'll go ahead and get started so what's up hunter how's it going man that was a beautiful oh, intro huh? <laughs> that was a great intro Oh, thanks, man. I enjoyed I, watching that. <laughs> I rehearsed it, or like, <laughs> or awesome. not at all. <laughs> yeah, I gotta wing it. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, you know this is how it goes, dude. Um, apparently, you don't do a podcast if you're not good at just bullshitting, right? <laughs> I mean, I definitely could not do it. So, props to you. <laughs> right. Thanks, man. So, dude, where are you guys located at? Yeah, so we're in Temecula, California. Uh, the shop. Um, I'm from San Diego, so I make the hour commute every day. Um, oh, yeah, wow. It's right between, so like in between Riverside, well, it's technically in Riverside County, but it's south of Riverside, north of, um, of Vista, off the 15. Um, so basically for everybody that's not from California, what he's yeah, saying is no in between Los Angeles and San Diego is where he's at. There you go. In between <laughs> Los Angeles and San Diego, east. <laughs> yeah, there east. you go. <clears throat> right on, man. Well, that's that's pretty rad, dude. What um, what got you into riding bikes? Yeah, so um, what got me into bikes pretty much was uh, like, I pretty much like some stuff that I had gone through in my life, and like I was kind of seeking. Like I've always been a thrill seeker. Um, uh -huh. and I you know grew up skiing and like grew up doing all kinds of sports like that. I played baseball when I was younger. Um, and a couple of my buddies that I was living with at the time had gotten into mountain biking and like we went, I went and rented a bike and like 
it was we went to snow summit actually which is like okay. our local bike, which is our local bike park so like snow summit's about an hour and 45 minutes from the shop um mm -hmm. and dude i just had a like it was so fun um yeah. and like you know i've always loved like skiing and like anything that just gives you like that rush of adrenaline like i've always been like kind right. of moving towards um and yeah i just got super into into riding and like then it was a way for me to start losing weight because i actually was really really heavy like i was actually pushing 340 pounds at one point um oh, wow. to, you're, you're not super tall either how, how tall are you no yeah i'm five nine so yeah, that was yeah. like crazy heavy so and um now i'm down to like now i'm down to 258 right now oh, um, sweet, dude. So like i've lost a lot of weight and like i went through like different phases too like when i started riding and like you know i got into it but i wasn't like really committed to it um right. as much as i had been like this last year has been like like i've been fully committed you know I'm, i've been eating healthy and, and riding and like it's kind of just like the whole like the whole lifestyle of mountain biking and then all the p like we have a lot of cool mountain biking groups down here as well like through facebook groups um and like i started meeting some really really cool people um and it was just kind of like the whole community like just the whole vibe of mountain right. biking going and riding with people or riding like i like riding i actually really do enjoy riding by myself um mm -hmm. often um like it's a way for me to i throw i just throw on my headphones and like so it's kind of just been like a grounding like and it's become such a, obviously a large part of my life now that I own a mountain bike shop as well. But it's been like sort of like my rock, right? Like, right. Um, it you know, if I'm fucked up in my head or like shit's going on and like hitting the fan, like I can literally just go for a ride and like kind of reset. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Which has been, you know, huge. So like for my mental health, for um, like my career, like everything is now centered around mountain biking and I mean, yeah, I, I always call it, I always call it single track therapy, man. Single track therapy. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, actually one of the guys that, um, works at the shop is like getting into like, so he's, he's been going to school to be an LCSW or, um, some sort of like license for therapy. And like, he's been trying to figure out how to actually like officially incorporate that into mountain biking and like do something, some sort of like clinic or something like that. And like, well, I think is rad too. I mean, I think anything that just kind of like pulls you out of like, like all the shit, whether it's like fear, like tripping on shit from the past, like anything that just puts you right here. And like yeah. mountain biking does has a great, you know, does does well because you're like you can't really be thinking about too much other shit when you're like bombing down a hill going 30 miles an hour. So it does Yeah, like like you, I I also enjoy skiing a lot. And um I think the reason that I like skiing is the same reason that I like mountain biking because I'm ADHD. So my brain's like going all over the place all the time. And when I'm skiing or when I'm mountain biking, you nailed it a second ago. I, I can't think about anything else. You can't. Like, yeah. There's only me and like stay alive, you know, <laughs> or like what line are you taking? And, exactly. and, and that, man, that, that just by itself feels really good to get away from the the shiny ball syndrome that i have all the rest of my life you know so i relate to that on a lot of levels robert i do so it is like it has been like a blessing and yeah. then like the whole shop and like the story of how that started has also it like kind of everything the way it's happened has just kind of been i mean it's it's almost difficult to like put into words exactly like because right. like i can look back and be like what the fuck like even happened right um, and like and like i feel like i you know I've gotten really good at just like handling the next situation and kind right. of dealing with everything as it comes rather than, I mean, I don't really need to know why 
you know, I just know there's something, you know, it, it's just kind of like mind boggling how everything just lined up perfectly for, for me and like for the shop. And, um, so how long ago was it that you, that you went out on that bike ride with your buddy? What year? So, so, oh, so that was like three years ago. So that was your first time riding three years ago. Now you own a bike shop and isn't that whatever. kind of weird? <laughs> I'm probably going to get a lot of shit. I probably do get a lot of shit for that. Cause they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, but I mean like, you know, all we're really trying to do is like have fun and, yeah. and like help people like, you know, and like be nice to people actually is like kind of been one of my things. Like, you know, I, one of my experiences I've had like going into, you know, different shops around, around the areas, like, like there wasn't, I didn't have like a lot of great experiences. So like, I kind of wanted to like give people, especially to people like coming into the sport that have no fucking idea what, you know, anything is and like, you know, and like to not fuck them over and like yeah. to not screw them over on like upcharging and all that. Stuff. Well, especially being a bigger dude, you know what I mean? Like I, I can relate with you there. You know, you walk into a shop and even if you are a guy that rides a lot, you know, if they don't know you, they're already making a lot of judgment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, dude, I honestly, I pro like, I've actually heard like through the grapevine, like how is riding with Hunter? Does he slow you down? And it's like, actually, dude, I'm <laughs> like, you know, and like, no, you know, it's, that was like a, I heard that through like someone that worked at the shop, like they're riding with someone. They're like, Oh, like, does he slow you down? And like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like maybe yeah. like, I feel like, and actually like, when I so when I first started like really getting like and like getting a routine for myself, like I actually did like put myself out. Like I, you know, I didn't ride with people because I knew that it was I was gonna struggle going on the up. And like this last year, I've been pushing myself like crazy and like watched my Strava times come yeah. really close to some people that I actually like think are really fast. So, right. you know, as I've progressed, like then I'm you know, now I'm, I started riding with people and like, I, you know, so, and I, I was trying to be respectful of that. And like, I, I'm, you know, cause I've ran into people too, where like, they don't want to ride with you if you're not making it up the hill in a certain time. And there was yeah, that, like, I don't know, that those way. people, I personally just don't ride, like riding with, I Yeah, they can fucking eat a dick, man. Like, yeah, kick rocks. And like, I agree with that. Like, I do agree with that. Um, but I was like, also like, in, and that was something I had to work through. Right. Like, I had to realize too, like that maybe people wanted to ride with me because they wanted to hang out with me, not so much like because you know they were trying to get to the top as fast as possible. So like I feel like I had my own shit that I had to work through on that yeah. specifically, but like still like I wanted to also be respectful too. And like this was a while ago, and like now I ride with you yeah. know the shop and like a bunch of people, and and it's not a thing anymore. But it was just an interesting like thing that I've been kind of watching as I've been progressing as well. I understand what you're saying. And I, I totally understand being respectful. I just, I just choose to ride with people that aren't like that, you know, yeah. it's and kind of fucked up, honestly. huh? It's kind of fucked up that people. Yeah. Are. It's like, what's the point, man? I, the reason I go out and ride bikes is to have good time, not to be judged. Like I'm in high school or some bullshit. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know what, man, if some of us get up the hill faster than others, it is what it is. So kick it at the top or come back down and do another lap, you know, or whatever it is. Like I can understand in certain circumstances. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to be waiting for 25 minutes for somebody at the top of the hill, but in other circumstances, like whatever, you know? And, um, I think that for the most part, the guys that I ride with, I've been with the ride on rides with my friends where we've gone like, 
three miles and we're like this is i'm not feeling it right now let's just go back to the truck and drink beer okay <laughs> you know like, didn't even do a downhill yet you know halfway up the halfway up the climb and it's like let's forget about it you know and and you know that's that's the type of people i want to kick it with and i think whenever i first started my youtube channel that's why i started it because i didn't see anybody on youtube that was really representing the type of people that I ride with, you know? I remember like a friend of mine, I got a flat and instead of her being like, oh man, she's like, oh cool, I'm gonna lay down and take a nap, you know? <laughs> you know, or she's like playing Sudoku, or like whatever, it's, you know, like we're just here hanging out, you know? And uh, it, that that's the people that you wanna like surround yourself with. And uh, ultimately, there's a lot of really good people in mountain biking, just like any yeah. sport. I think there's, you know, people that are a little bit of a buzzkill, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously like in any, yeah, in any part of life, you meet those people and like, it, and like it does do you good to surround yourself around people that are going to be supporting you. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that you're, you're right. You're, and I completely agree with you. Like they're like, I personally also do not want to ride with those people. Like right. I didn't notice it happening though. So it was like something that I kind of like, and like sometimes like, you know, I don't know, that stuff will, you know, especially like starting out. Right. And it's like, I was already like, man, like, am I going to be a good rider? Am I going to suck? Like, you know, you're still like trying to figure this yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Figure this out. Yeah, you want to be, you want to hang out with the cool kids, right? Yeah. You want to hang <laughs> out with the cool kids. And like, I'm, I mean, you know, so it was like, just like a weird, like observation that I had in like the beginning of riding and like, but like, I ended up meeting a lot of cool people that were like, rather than, oh, like, you know, well, let's push our bikes, you know, yeah. like, here, I'm going to push with you, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I, I, and like, those were the people that I started befriending and like wanting to hang out with and wanting to ride around. And like, right. you know, all of the guys that, you know, have, that are a part of the shop, like, in, in in any capacity like those you know i mean we have such like a like it is so cool like at the shop like you know there's we're all super close and we do road trips together and go ride on all kinds of riding trips and go all over the place and we ride all the time and um it's just like that family environment and like yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's what i want to boast like not just in the shop but like honestly anywhere i'm around like you know i like those are the kinds of relationships and friendships that I want with people. And like, yeah. not just, not just, and maybe like some shit happens in my life where I'm kind of messed up in my head. Like those are also the same people that I can literally go talk to that, you know, sure. and feel comfortable talking about that stuff with. And like, I mean, it's just, you know, you can get into the whole psychology of a great friends and it's like, it's just such an important part of life to have those people that are supporting you like in, in, in every. Yeah. Aspect. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's really, um, it's your decision. It's it really is. your decision to have the friends that are like that. And yeah. some people don't always catch that. They don't always like realize that, Hey man, these guys are always treating me like shit. It's like, well then don't be friends with them. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. put those people out of your life and exactly. it doesn't matter like who they are, you know, it doesn't some cases. Some cases it's people in my family that I've decided like pound sand, man. Whenever you guys are actually ready to be a, like a positive part of my life, I'll enjoy that. But until then, I'm not wasting my time with you, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Like I've been, you know, I've dealt with those people my entire life and it's, and it's like, yeah. And like, that was, you know, and that's kind of part of like, you know, for me, like figuring out like what, <laughs> like everything in my life, you know, it's kind of revolved around that aspect of, of like 
picking and making sure like the best people and also like I'm making the right decisions. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's just kind of part of like the, the I mean, just. How do you right. go, how, how do you go from renting a bike or whatever? What well, you said, you rented the first time, right? Yeah. 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 So it was that snow summit <clears throat> I rented right. um, a nomad. Sweet. It was like a 2020 nomad. Right on. So how do you go from writing, renting a bike to running a shop? <laughs> Such a loaded question though. Um, <laughs> Unloaded for me then. I know it's, it's just like, where, it's like where exactly like do I start? Um, so the awesome. next day I returned yeah, the bike. So, yeah, so the next day, like I got the, I went and picked up the keys and like, it, it literally like, dude, it's so crazy to me. Cause like, and it's so many things in my life. Like, I feel like, I don't know, it kind of almost falls back into what we were just talking about. Cause it's like, when these opportunities present themselves to you, like, are you someone that picks them up or like, can you even see it first off? Like, do you see the opportunity or do you right. see the, do you see the door? And like, second, do you walk through it? And like, maybe that door has something really fucking scary on it, but do you walk through it anyways? Because you want to like figure out what's next. And like, right. that's kind of been like a mentality of mine that I've picked up along the years. Like I have a whole bunch of baggage from my past and um, that, you know, I've had to work on. And, and like one of the tool, the biggest tools I've picked up is like, I move through doors um, mm -hmm. and I blow them down. So like um, basically like, you know, and like that being said, like it, the series of events that unfolded pretty much like I rode with a guy that was closing a shop that he had in Huntington Beach, which is in Orange County, which is like an hour north of San Diego. And he used to export bike parts to Brazil. Um, so he was closing a shop and he had all these extra parts. And like, for the most part, it was like lyrics. And I don't know if you're familiar with RockShox suspension lineup, but it was yeah. like, it was like lyrics and pikes. And at the time, this that hadn't come out yet. So like, it was pretty much lyrics and pikes. And I would pretty much grab, I would, I started on a front, like he was like, can you sell this stuff? And I was like, hell yeah, I'd sell it. So I actually wouldn't even take it. I would just sell it for him. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where I was like, started buying a bunch of them. And like, I was going through something like, I mean, so I, how are you selling it? Like on eBay or something? Or? I was, it was pink bike, eBay, like Craigslist. Like it was pretty much just, I was just hustling bike parts pretty much. Right. Right. And, um, he would, you know, you're like, like a bike park dealer. <laughs> what you want what you want not, i got it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it does sound like that it does um, and like uh there was like my i had like my margin on it right like he would give uh -huh. me like you know i would get it was like cost plus eight percent so like i'd pay him eight percent for right. you know getting me the parts that cost or whatever and then i had met then i met a guy that was building mountain bike wheels and like he had been doing it forever and was like pretty much like you know he was one of the best wheel builders i had seen in southern and i mean there's not too many wheel builders so like the fact that i ran into him was kind of it was kind of an interesting experience so I, I started building wheels for him like he taught me everything i was literally showing up to his house at like 6 a.m leaving at like you know 5 or 6 p.m and like i would literally just be like there working with him all day and um you know he kind of like showed me the ropes um and the basically like from that, that's where it moved to, like, I started, you know, I through the same guy that he still had, 
and this is an interesting story because he still had he closed his shop but he still had his accounts um that he had transferred over to his like so this other shop was like more of like a road shop so a lot of the mountain bike um accounts that he had like he didn't the guy that had the shop didn't have so he transferred a lot over to him so i was able to start buying like industry nine hubs like stands wheels like the mm -hmm. like the flow ex3s yeah, um, yeah mk3s at the time and then i would buy spokes and like i started lacing wheels up in my garage and um and then you're still like hustling them on like pink bike and all that stuff the same yeah, way you were hustling the parks pretty much literally the same right. like actually it was more just on pink bike but then some guy like through i was also doing it a lot through like the facebook groups and stuff like that so right. that was also like really big or somebody be like hey i need a new wheel set and somebody else would be like oh hit up hunter he can get you a killer deal exactly exactly and then cal uh calavera chronicles who's like a youtuber a youtuber down here in southern california he actually came and like did a youtube video on me like in the garage like doing the wheels uh -huh. and like that kind of like put like because he he didn't have like I mean, he doesn't have like tens of thousands of followers and stuff, but he has a lot of loyal followers. And like, you know, it was more than it, like even because when you think about doing wheels, it's like, how many do you, like how many can I even do? Right. Like, you know, it's but like- He has a following in your local area. Exactly. So, and so honestly, of, yeah. And, and honestly, like it was, I was started to get calls from other states as well. So right. I started shipping wheels as well, but like, Basically, that brought in a big enough influx of, of sales for me to start actually saving some money. Right. And that just continued until I was actually literally able to go rent a like little small building. And, and like, well, I started calling around to. So what happened at that point, though, is once I started having. Were you, were you, hang on. Hang on a second. Were you doing like your own job, like a different job at that time, too? Or you were kind of. Just making yes. ends meet and living in the parents' basement, or <laughs> no? So like I, yeah. So at the time, I was working at a treatment center for like mental health, uh -huh. um, and like that. So that was another very pivotal point in my life because the path that I was going on, I was just about to go back to school to um, do do my LCSW and uh -huh. be a clinical social worker, and like I was going to go into in, into therapy and counseling and stuff like that. So that was like my whole plan. That was right. like what I had worked up to in my life at that point. So it was a very like interesting moment in my life because I it's had funny how life decides to like make you make a right turn or a left turn when it, it, I'm telling you, it is, it is the weirdest thing. And like, like I had all kinds, so I had all kinds of people in my life that were like, why would you do like, what are you doing? Like keep doing what you're doing. Like you've been working like, for the last x amount of years on this why would right. you take this garage business and like because like it was at that moment it was at that point too where i think like the month before i decided to get the shop i had done like forty thousand. no it was like thirty-five thousand in wheel sales Jesus. like out of, out of a garage right. so, so like it was at that it was at, so it's not like you're selling five or ten of them. I mean, you're you're freaking moving some wheels, man. We were we were crank yeah, we were cranking wheels like it was insane. Um, and like, but it was still like one of those really crazy moments because I was like, well, do I? Because it was either gonna shut. I was either have to shut it down or I was gonna go for it. Right. And I honestly, well, you realized at that point there was no 
one or the, you couldn't like have your foot like halfway in like no, you done. either had to jump in or, or bail it was it was and because that originally what it was was a way for me to pay for my bikes like right. i wanted to have a nice bike and like that was like my way yeah. to pay for it and like it was just kind of you know i was no one was gonna buy me a bike like i had to go buy my and like i wasn't making enough money at my job to buy a six seven thousand dollar bike so yeah, like you know, it, it was that was like my way of like making it work for myself and um I mean, I still honestly can't really tell you exactly why I decided to cash my other life in at that moment and like just go for this other than like I did because we're talking here. But um, yeah. it, was, it was a very interesting experience for me. And like, I think that does play into those like, like, I, I mean, that's and that's what I'm talking about with the doors is it's like, I mean, I don't know, man. I just like, there's some, there's that, and that thrill, right? The thrill of mountain biking as well. Like the thrill, and it's just multiple things in my life. It's like, I just wanted to go for it. And yeah. like, you know, it just felt right. And I just yeah. like, and I just pushed it down and like, we just went with it. And I mean, you know, we're not, not, and we're not through, like, I mean, I wouldn't say we're like this big successful bike shop now, but we've developed a, you know, we have, you know, there's eight, nine employees and, you know, we got a decent, I think it's like 3,500 square feet. And like, you know, so a lot has happened. We have five different bike brands that we carry. We're moving wheels. We have great inventory. We have a pretty decent sized social media following that we're developing still and like really put a lot of, and like, those are the certain, like, and there's certain things that I've done with the shop that I wanted to be different on. Like we powder coat spokes in house. Like that's something that you don't really see bike shops do. So yeah, like, I was going to ask you about that later, but thanks for jumping to the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really actually bad at like, just kind of like, Oh, I'm don't worry about it, man. Down. Didn't I tell you I was ADHD, man? I'm good. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. I was, trying to, feed, I was trying to feed that. Yeah. Right. You just threw me a shiny ball. <laughs> yeah. I saw uh, Richard from sticker uh, posted a set of your wheels and he had mentioned that the other day that you guys, do that um powder coat in the spokes that's yeah. pretty rad man yeah and like how it started too is very interesting because i was just like i like industry nine like i think they make cool stuff and like i like how you can go on and like select all the different spokes and like do all this you know customization on their wheels and um so that was something that i was like i have to have that like i want that mm -hmm. um that was like a no question. Like I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And like, then started that whole, and like, I do this, like, and I honestly like probably have, I mean, I do have ADHD, like for sure. I was diagnosed when I was seven, but so like, I do this thing as well, where like, I like go down this like rabbit hole and like, I'm yeah. like, and like hyper-focused hyper -focused until yeah, it's yeah. accomplished. And like, um, you know, there's, it, it has its benefits and it has its disadvantages. Obviously. Yeah. I always say that, you know, it's, it's uh you're like best in your worst trait you know what i mean yeah like i mean it, it'll, it help, go ahead. it'll help you in a lot of situations but it'll yeah. help you too yeah yeah and i mean it's just like that with anything like they always say that like the person you're in love with like the main thing that you love about them is usually the same thing that annoys the shit out of you about them you know <laughs> like like so uh anyways i think uh what i was gonna say though is what made you decide to do powder coating instead of, um, oh shit, I'm drawing a blank. Anodizing. Stuff, huh? Anodizing. Well, you could do anodizing too, but I think anodizing, you'd have to strip the spokes down or get them well, like raw. You couldn't do anodizing. because Cerakote. That's what I was saying. What about the Cerakote? Cerakote. So honestly, like I just didn't like, 
I haven't done enough research. Like I know Sarah coding, I mean, used for certain applications. I don't know enough about it to really speak on that. I know powder coating like has like in terms of like, so at least from the standpoint of like us building wheels and like the amount of tension that we're applying onto a spoke, Uh um, powder coating is great. Like, you know, that you see it a lot in like coil springs and cars Uh and trucks. Um, and it's because they're stretching. So it's, it's a very, because it's like a polyurethane, it's a, it's a type of plastic that the actual powder is. So it's able to flex really well, which which works really well for, for spokes. And it's also extremely chip resistant. So like rock kick up and all that stuff, it's actually going to be a lot, it's actually going to be a lot more durable than anodizing. I wanted to do anodizing and I actually had gone down another rabbit hole of trying to figure out some way to get aluminum spokes because yeah. I wanted to anodize, like I wanted that color because the anodizing has like, that's where most of the colors we see in the industry that people are matching are always anodized colors. Right, right. The hubs um, are this yeah, color. The hubs or yeah. the Kashima coating or like yeah. whatever it is. And it's like, you know, and the color looks really nice. So it's like, you know, I want it, but there is just no way to do that without making some huge, huge extreme like move, like either manufacturing or like, finding someone in China that could manufacture the spokes. And it just seemed like an extreme hassle for a bike shop. So, yeah. uh, so, and the powder coating also, I mean, it wasn't easy either. Like the powder coating, like, you know, and and originally it was like, we were doing it in a spray tan tent, which OSHA would be freaking out about. And like powder was going everywhere and it was just, it was not good. And um, in the backyard and stuff like that. And then (laughs) eventually we got- All your um, neighbors have cancer. Yeah, exactly. eventually though we um ended up like one of my buddies ended up building a powder coating booth um uh-huh. like the osha spec and like it has like circuit like it has ventilation in it um like triple stack filters and um all that stuff so like that is set up in my office in the shop and um then we just like did a standard kitchen so we're not like high production like it's right. very like it's very like um garage you know yeah mechanic. but i mean there's spokes too it's not like you need a a 10 by 10 oven like you would if you were baking frames and shit you know exactly exactly it's like we're just doing spokes and like we also had to create the plate too that the spokes sit in so that was like another difficult and like i'm actually still doing with like a lot of like there's always like we're always making small improvements but you have to have like the grounding plate right so and that plate like you you want it to be able to you want to be able to get the spokes in and out like efficiently without it taking like two or three hours to sit there and screw 200 or 300 spokes into a plate. So right. there's been hiccups with that as well, but we've gotten it down pretty well. And like, I mean, it's, it's dope. Cause we can do, cause we have like our standard colors that we kind of run and like just based on like past orders. But then we also do like, like the stuff we did with the um, common saw, like the one-off stuff where it's like, we're like matching everything on the bike. Um, yeah. And we're doing like this full on, like we're doing a right now, like we haven't, told anyone yet but we're doing like a darth vader bike um, or a stormtrooper bike so it's like full black and white but stickers doing they did like the empire logo yeah yeah on the wheels and like we're gonna do like a um stormtrooper yeah it's gonna be yeah that'll be super cool that that's that's pretty good i mean there's a lot to powder coating back in the day before carbon was a big thing i used to get my my frames powder coated because i've always been a guy that likes custom my stuff to be yeah custom or different you know or individual you know what i'm saying and um you know aluminum bike you could just take it down to the powder coat shop that's doing all whatever else powder coat shops do you know and 
it might cost you a little bit, but it usually wasn't as expensive as paint and it was more durable. And then you would just go out and find somebody that made the decals that you needed. That's actually how I ended up finding Richard from Stickard. Interesting. Was because originally, like, I would only be able to find, you know, yeah, there's some guy in like Singapore that makes these stickers and you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it, you'd be able to find just the frame decals there and then you'd have to look somewhere else for something else. And so it was always a big pain in the ass. And then when I had heard of, I don't know how I heard of him. I think it was through a friend or something like that. And I was like, oh, wait, there's somebody locally that does this and you can tell them like what you want instead of just hey, here's the five colors or here's the ones that, you know, they come from the, the factory like. I, I was pretty amped, you know? So, yeah, but it, it's a process though. And I had some some frames that were powder coated that weren't powder coated well, you know? And and certain places that powder will like like uh, get thicker or, or um, make it harder to like get your bolts through or something like that. And, um that's a problem, you know, that, that you only overcome by experience. So I'm sure you guys have had a, a, a bunch of hiccups along the way with that. Well, like Onyx actually has that problem too. Like some of the, cause they do powder coating, like Onyx has a full powder coating cause they do powder coating. I don't know if you've looked at their hubs, but like on their website, like you can get Anno or powder coat. Um, oh really like they have like something like 20 they have so many and actually one thing that a lot of people don't know about onyx is like you can actually go so their powder distributor is prismatic powders which is the same one that we use to get our powder from so that's where we started working really closely with onyx like me like so onyx and stands are like the two companies that we work like really closely with on like when we start doing custom like because i love doing custom like and we'll do one probably once a month where we just do this which is like I, I get an idea in my head i'm like let's do this crazy bike um yeah. and then like put it for sale or whatever um but like onyx and stands are always the ones that i hit up to do those projects and yeah. onyx because the their ability to do small batch um you know like i9 is not really set up that way i mean they do it for like their racers and stuff like that but a lot of companies that are, you see that are pumping product right now like they're not set up for small batch production i mean it's right. just for, like, it would just be so much work right to just do one hub or one yeah, hub yeah. set so like whereas onyx you know they still have that ability to do the one-off stuff so like you can actually i think it's 80 bucks a hub uh, so like i think it's like 150 or 160 for the whole set um and you can have like you can go on the prismatic uh powders uh website and literally i think they have like six thousand colors or something like that and you can literally pick any color you want um so like when we first when they first brought that up to us that were like they're like hey like if you want to do like a you know, one-off color or something like we can do that. Like, just tell us what powder you want. So that's when we started working closer with them on custom projects. Cause it was like, okay, now, you know, we, and then I met Daniel, um, is the guy that I work with at Onyx, um, at, uh, uh, Sea Otter and, you know, just a really cool dude. And, um, so we, that's what, who we're working with on the Darth Vader bike right now, or the Stormtrooper bike. And we picked like this, like, uh, it's like a gray white, like, cause prismatic, like they have, they've been doing some, they do some cool shit with powder. Like now you're not just seeing the single tone and transparent colors, but you'll, you're seeing like ones with like veins running through it, um, like uh, color shifting colors. Um, so there's all kinds of cool stuff that they do so that you can, I mean, it really does add a personal touch to, to whatever you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, if you have enough money, you can do whatever you want, right? That's true. I mean, honestly, though, it's not like I think a lot of people do get scared of that. And it's not like that common saw like that we did. Like there's no like crazy upcharges for it. Like mm -hmm. it's I mean, it's, you know, it's like 6350. Like it was pretty much like run of the mill, like all the parts. And then we still add like a discount on it, for mm -hmm. you know, just being like a, a complete. We don't really char like that's like. I've kind of tried to incorporate that into like, I mean, so with colored spokes, when people add them to a wheel build, yes, it adds money to like, I think it adds, so the $3.50 a spoke, so it does add a small, I mean, it, you know, I'm trying not to like completely just like, you know, screw everyone, I'm trying to keep it reasonable. And then we end up adding a big discount on at the end anyway. So it kind of feel like a lot of it comes back off, mm -hmm. um, I try to work it into like everything that we do. Um, mm -hmm. it's just like a, more of like an expense. Um, but obviously, you know, we obviously have to get, <laughs> but you guys got to keep the lights on, man. So. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, right. this, the first year is the, the first year was, I mean, you know, we're going into like, we're, I mean, we're at a year and a half now. And like, I mean, a lot of it's been like trial and error and like trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, we've eaten the cost on a lot of things and like, I mean, and, it's more been about just trying to get eyes on on like what we're doing and like how we're trying to separate ourselves out from the industry um and just doing things different and like coming back to the like old like because you'd be surprised too like how many people i i talk to at these different companies that just love the like like dude who doesn't love doing like the custom stuff i mean some people you obviously yeah they just want like a stock bike which is fine like there's nothing wrong with stock bikes but a lot of people like live for this like to yeah. do like, all of the different custom flares and like just have it be completely personalized like you said yeah yeah for sure what bike what bikes do you sell at your shop um so right now we got so yeti was the first one that we brought on um and that was why we actually landed in temecula because when we started talking to people about um when i started calling different companies and santa cruz was the first company that i talked to um yeti was the first one that was like all right let's do it and they're like but we don't have it you know because the high the bike the bike industry is kind of like a car industry so it's like you can't have like 20 dealers on the same block there's yeah yeah it's like so many geographically or whatever so exactly so that was the issue with yeti and santa cruz santa cruz wasn't able to this was like just when covid was starting too so like everything was like going crazy um, but Yeti was like, we can do it, just need to be here. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, so Yeti was first. Um, and then we got Pivot. Um, and then we've always been really, really big with We Are One. Um, that's been like one of the main carbon uh, manufacturers that we've, we've always worked really well with them and, and pushed their product really hard. So when they dropped their bike, that was like a natural transition um, into like being in our shop. So um, I consider them a, a bike dealer now as well. So um, Yeti Pivot, uh, We Are One. Um, and then we got Commonsol like very recently, which was interesting because, you know, most people know them as a direct-to-consumer brand and like didn't know that they had dealers, um, mm -hmm. which is something that they're just starting to get into. And then also Forbidden, um, we just picked up recently as well. Oh, they're the ones with that high pivot bike, right? Yeah, the high pivot and the 100% rearward axle path, which is pretty cool, which is what they used to do on the old Canfields. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's I mean, honestly, it works. Like I, I like the Druid because it's, it's so interesting because it's like downhill bike, like with like trail travel. So it's uh -huh. like, 
you know, but, but the bike, like the thing is like that type of suspension, like layout and, um, chain line, like it works for going downhill, like extreme ride. What do I ride? Yeah. So right now I have a pivot fire, the new pivot firebird. Yeah. Which I just got, I go through bikes like bad though. It's bad. Yeah. But I mean, if you have a shop, why not? Right. Yeah. It's like something comes in and I'm like, Ooh, I like that <laughs> shiny. <ball. laughs> well, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, no, it's been fun though to build up like, and I always build up my bike from the frame. So I try to get frames and, uh, and do it that way. I've been, I've been eyeing the dreadnought though. That thing is a beautiful bike. Like I, if they had it in a large, I would be on it right now. Yeah. yeah. What are so you you're digging the pivot, huh? I dude, I like the pivot a lot. I've been, I've actually like, I think it's my favorite bike I've ridden so far. I'm not gonna what lie. size wheel is it? It's 29. It's full 29. It's a 170, 165. Uh, oh, wow. That's a it's, big bike then. It's, it's a full enduro rig. So it's like. Yeah, you were riding that when we were in Santa Cruz just not too long ago. You were riding something else, I think. Oh, my. I had just sold my bike. So I like didn't even have my own. Per that was my buddy's bike. Yeah. So I didn't even have a bike at the time. So that was like the. I, I literally just had it for that trip. Yeah. That was a, <laughs> that was a Yeti SB 130 lunch ride. Oh, right on. And then I broke, <laughs> and then I broke the fucking dropper post. I, <laughs> it was. Uh, like, Let me borrow it here. It's broke, dude. Yeah, and it was. Um, it was a uh, Axis Reverb, and like I like, I guess just my big ass just blew the seal out the bottom, and the oil just shot all into the into the <laughs> into the seat tube. That was not good. I, I I um I wouldn't mind getting one of those Axis droppers. Just because I like the idea of not having to deal with the cable and stuff, you know. Don't do it. But but they don't have they don't have they don't make a two hundred. And I um I'm a tall dude, and I man too. I want my seat. To, I want to push a button, and the seat like folds up and just sucks into the seat post, you know. <laughs> so there's no way I'm going to anything less than two hundred now that I'm used to two hundred. Because even at that. I'll still find myself pushing the button trying to get it to go down further. I'm do you like, oh, do you slam it though, or do you still have it up out of the C tube a little bit? Um, I think it is well on my tall boy. It's as low as it can go, but it's still um, it's, it's still out of the out of a little bit. Yeah, so I actually started doing that too. Like I like grabbing a longer dropper and slamming the post more, so that way, like. I don't know if it's just like I just like the feeling like when I'm going down like I like having my seat like all the way fucking down. Yeah, like yeah, I, I want to accidentally brush the back side of my ass with my tire and exactly. be like, oh yeah, it's down. You know what I mean? Like, and you know who does? Uh, who, who like I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the one up dropper post? Yeah, I have one of theirs on my tall boy because that's dude. the only one I could get that would fit the the frame. Dude, that thing slams though. Like yeah. the distance between. Um, like the saddle and the top of the post is like i mean i've never seen i think they have the lowest stack height out of any proper yeah. it's like pretty crazy i've seen him like like that thing goes and like so that's what i started doing was i got because I, I always ran a 150 so and 150 has been fine but then when i saw the one up dropper i went to a 180 and slammed it and like i loved it but yeah but i'm also like him but also like um also like the kashima on my bike right now so yeah yeah it's tough I, I think one up and, and PNW have the the they're both pretty close. One up might be a little bit shorter on a stack height, but is they're it? both like where and the thing that's cool about both of them is say your 170 is not slammed, 
but you know you won't be able to fit a 200 you can get a 200 and it in it like the one or the pnw for example it'll adjust in five millimeter increments wow. so you could still end up getting like 185 mils maybe instead of 170 you know and to me like i said earlier i just want that seat as low as freaking possible just because I, I want it completely out of the way and if i don't want it that low i don't have to push the button all the way down you know what i mean like it, it's not where some people are like oh well i don't need it that low when I mean, maybe not all the time but i don't know when you ride stuff that gets to a certain steepness or whatever then all of a sudden you really start noticing it more you know no exactly like exactly like the steeper stuff and when you're getting lower when you're doing like a sketchy like rock roller like anything where you're like getting really far back and like you catch your shorts or something like i mean i've yeah. done that so many times and like and like that's where i started looking into it too and that's the only problem i have with the fox transfer is like it's got such a long like the actuator on it is so yeah it's, it's up pretty high it sits up pretty high unfortunately yeah but it's a solid dropper though that's the thing about the fox i think they probably really like mechanically probably make the best one it's really yeah. good it is really right. good like it, and it's like and like never fails like yeah you know, like, i haven't seen them fail too often and like that's the only problem i have with the axis reverb is that although yes it's cool it's wireless like the like sorry rock shocks but the the reverb like the standard um the original like, reverb blows donkey balls man. it's fucking horrible <laughs> it's the worst yeah. on the planet and like um, they're using the same system yeah know, with an electronic actuator versus a cable actuator or, uh, yeah and that's the one thing actuator. too i used to have one of those reverbs and the reason i sold it or got rid of it was because it was like every couple of months i was taking it to the shop to have it rebuilt again or or i think i had it warrantied twice and, and it was just one thing after another after another and I, this is ridiculous and the the first pnw i got i don't even think i put air in it for over a year you know what i mean like just like aside from the first time you know it there was nothing that i had to do to it and it just it blew my mind i was like this is the way a product's supposed to be and that's like the those are the best ones where it's like you don't have to do like all that maintenance like consistently i'm it, lazy like, man i don't want to do maintenance i really don't no dude me neither For, like, my, my bike will start making a noise it's at least five or six rides of me dealing with it before i actually do something about it <laughs> except, you know? yeah except like the stuff i have to like i and like i've like you know as being a big guy that ride that started to ride harder it's like you know you know you're going to be burning through bearings and like stuff yeah like that. it's like you know, there's certain things I know I need to do, but it's like, for the most part, like, I just want to, and like, I, we spend so much time, like, you know, working with other people's bikes and doing all that stuff. Like I end up neglecting the shit out of my bike, which is unfortunate, yeah. but I, I do like the one thing I do do really well is my, I, you know, one thing that I got in a good habit of early was taking care of my hubs. Um, mm -hmm. like I, you know, and, and that's like, I feel like one of the easiest things to forget on your bike. Um, so like, I do do like, you know, the maintenance on my hubs that, that they deserve like the you know every like four usually like well i'll every like month and a half i'll i'll pull the cassette off and reboot like clean out the like get all the gunk out like completely de re uh, degrease it and re-lubricate it and all that stuff but then like you know every few months i'll i'll swap all the bearings out of the free hub as well and like do the whole full service on it and like keep them running nice and like because hubs are freaking expensive especially when yeah, you find yeah. i9 and I mean, $700 for a hub set is insane. And like, it's easy to blow them out too. Like if, 
you know, you just leave them for too long. It's like they end up doing just blowing out. and then you have to I just don't. The only thing I don't like about I-9 is that um, the driver comes off. It doesn't stay like it doesn't stay in there, you know, so you could be changing your wheel on the side of the trail. And now your cassette's laying on the ground and I-9 uses springs and, and pawls. And if you lose one of those springs on the side of the trail, you're never going to find it. You know, I, I honestly agree. Like, so I think it's a, it's, yeah. I mean, you have to be conscious of that, I guess, when you're doing yeah. it. But I mean, there's the, there's the positives of that too, is like, it's super easy for maintenance. Like yeah. there's with like Onyx and stuff like, yeah, you gotta, you know, there's more, you know, you gotta have, you got, you, you gotta remove the pinch nuts off the thing and you gotta unscrew it. And like, it's more involved than like, which means that you can't do anything on the side, but of the side, you know, yeah. you got to be in a shop or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's so it's kind of interesting, but it also makes it nice for like changing driver. Like, that's like one thing I do actually like about i9 is like all their cross compatibility. Um, yeah. like it's so easy just to swap drivers and, and stuff like that if like someone changes drive trains. Yeah. And, and then obviously the serviceability of them is also pretty good as well. I mean, yeah, it's super easy. I did a video on on maintenance on one of their their i nine hubs like way back when my channel was still pretty new, the biker channel, and uh, that thing has a ton of views because at the time there was for whatever reason there was only one or two other videos on YouTube that explained how to do it, and you know sometimes the one person doesn't explain it very different than the other person, but for whatever reason, listening to the other person just makes sense, right? dude no so, it's, it's like your connection too with people yeah so whenever i had watched a couple of videos and i was like i'm just gonna make my own video that i understand that way i can always come back and look at it if i need to i really didn't think it was going to turn out the way that it did but um i i can i can agree with you that those their hubs are solid they're rock solid the only I, like i said i just had a couple of times where you know you have that freaking super ripped tire and you're not really thinking about your cassette and you're trying to just take the wheel off so you can get back to riding and next thing you know my cassette's laying on the ground and i got a bunch of dirt inside of the hub and it's oh god you know and so that that was kind of a downer to me but i never had him i never really had i had one axle i think that it was bent a little bit or something like that but i've i'm a big dude i've i definitely put some axles some stress yeah I, I broke an axle on another hub hub set i'm actually like completely surprised i haven't broken an axle on an i9 hub yet but yeah. like i also had this guy that like consistently came in with a broken but it was on a one by one hub but this dude would break his axle i swear to god like every other week like he'd come oh, in he's like, he's like can they just give me a steel axle and right it's like yeah no they don't have that but um yeah he's breaking his axle so but they're pretty cool with warranties and stuff like replay i mean i've never had a problem with them like they'll just send a new one but yeah, like, yeah. i don't have too many bad things to say about and i like them as a company but yeah yeah no like for sure I, I honestly i i really like like their stuff you know um it would be cool if they had a quieter version i mean you can keep them like, quiet if you just keep huh? like project three two one i love that like it's yeah. so like the concept is so simple they have quiet paws and they have um quiet paws and they have loud paws and like you can swap them you can get you know six of either one and swap them back and forth and yeah i think that's i mean why wouldn't they yeah 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 he does a little bit different on the inside too on the quiet ones i think they're um sitting in some oil or something like that compared to the the loud ones but 
the bottom line is like yeah it's cool because honestly i i personally prefer a loud hub i think they're they sound awesome i like like the way that they are but being a youtuber when i was riding like torches they were so loud it was all you could hear on the trail you know it'd be just all the all the bees were chasing me you know that's so funny yeah and like i mean it's funny too because like a lot of people will ask like i mean there are a lot of differences like there's well there's so many differences between onyx and and industry nine but like once you get to that like that top level of of componentry it's like a lot of it does just come down to like preference of little things like that and it can be so simple right it's like i like quiet so then get those ones you know it's like yeah. they're both going to be performing at the highest level um for any rider so it's like and way beyond what i'll ever be riding at like these 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 things are being made for world cup racers you know right right cup racers so it's like they're gonna yeah. perform yeah I, i've been riding the project 321 most of my hubs for the last probably 15 years have been them i had those i9s because a bike that i bought the wheel set had those on it and um they were good but for, but anytime i've bought my own hubs they've been all project 321 the whole time Dude, I really like, and I had a really good conversation with Jake, like pretty early on, dude. into my shop. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think he's a really rad dude and like, I want it, like, I would love to push his stuff more. It's just like, like I have to go in the direction of like where the demand is. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, and it's like, I like, it's insane how many I nine hubs I can order and like, they will all sell out. Um, and if I ordered, you know, 300 sets of project three, two ones, like I would have a hard time selling all 300 sets. Yeah. Um, so it's like that. And like, that's the unfortunate part of like certain, but I love trying different things and experimenting with it. And like, I love talking to the owners of these companies and like, or like whoever's running it or, or I'm talking to at the time, like having that, like a lot of times, like I'll move and like, we're pretty good at like, you know, and like when we fall in love with a product, like now I can sell it to you because yeah. like, I know why I'm writing it. I love it. And like, I want to sell this product. So you know, that helps as well. And like, that was like where we had a, like, you know, with, we are one, we had a big thing, um, where we started pushing their stuff. Cause we just like loved all of their products. Um, or loved. All I think, I think project three, two, one just isn't there. They're just they're not known. Yeah. They're you know not, I mean? they're not known. Their marketing's like, Jake's not, never like, spent any money on marketing. Always spent his time and money on was making good shit. You know what I mean? So like, which is, dope, which people, is, fucking dope, which is what you want, but it's like, right. Unfortunately, we live in like a, you know, a world of like, which is why I saw the huge importance in social media. And like, I invested thousands of dollars in a full on studio in a bike shop. Like who yeah. does that? Like who the hell needs to, you know, but it's like, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's like, you kind of have to have like an avert, you know, you have to have that image of who you are and show that to people so that people want to buy your stuff. Otherwise it's just like, yeah, you're just kind of like, stuck in the old like you know which is nothing wrong with mom and pop shop like i love it but it's like you know if you're just that you know if you're <laughs> if you're just there like you know you have to have like some level of you know getting yourself out and showing people showing the world like who you are yeah yeah i mean richard and i have talked about this uh, richard from sticker have talked about this a lot about you know why aren't bike shops why like you go to their website and every bike that's on there is just the stock image photo that comes from you know specialized or santa cruz or whoever it is and why why not you know swap some parts out or 
change some decals or you make them a little bit different and then have those on there and people are going to go for that, you know? And I think that's that, you know, that's probably a good reason that, that, uh, the company up there in PNW, what's their name? Um, shoot. I can't think of it right now. What they but they do about a bunch of cu custom stuff like that. Like, like you guys, like worldwide cyclery. Worldwide you know? I love what Jeff does. Like I, I like them and Oh, fanatic. Fanatic. That's who I was thinking. Dude, of. I love, like, I've always loved what they've done. Like, I think they do dope shit. I right. Do. And then, then you get a name for that because at the end of the day, I know I'm not the only one that likes custom shit and you walk in and for what does it cost for a set of, of decals to make a bike look cool? You know what I mean? 60 bucks, maybe. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And somebody walks in and that $60 set of decals make, maybe you could raise the price by a hundred bucks or 150. I don't know. You know what I mean? And people are like, man, that looks dope. And they walk out and they're the ones that the only ones that have that bike. You know what I mean? That with the oil slick graphics on it or, you know, and, and, and that's rad, you know, it sucks when you're out on the trail and you're, you see somebody else with the exact same bike as you, everything. Exactly <laughs> you're like, damn it. <laughs> you know? No, like I agree, dude. Like I literally, I mean, that is a lot of like how like we started the whole thing was, you know, in the power, like that's where everything came in, into play. And like, it doesn't actually cost that much more money. And like, it was crazy with that common saw bike that we did, like, like once we put the once we put the decals on, um, the fork and the wheels, like it literally just brings the entire. Like it is honestly crazy to me how much decals change your entire bike. It's it's pretty true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the huge. only other thing I'm really wanting to get it, like I need and I I've been meaning to do this for the last few weeks and I keep lagging on it is I really wanted to start spraying coil springs, like powder coating coil springs. Uh -huh. They always come with this like extremely thick coating on them. Um, uh -huh. So I've been like trying to do some research. I need to do some more research on like down to metal stripper to like really get that coating off so we could start trying to, cause that's another thing. I love coil shocks and like a lot of the custom builds we do, I end up putting a coil shock on it cause I like them so much. And I'm like, you should try this if you have it. Um, Especially for big guys, like coils are amazing. But um, I haven't ridden one yet, man. Ugh. I really want to, but I am, I'm a cheap ass, dude. dude. And that's like a big investment. Shocks are just as expensive. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the shock comes with the bike. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's true. So I'm, I'm like, hey, but you'd be surprised how many people buy take. Like, I sell this shit that I take off a brand new bike faster than anything else in the shop. Yeah takeoffs are gone like because everyone wants like a lot of people especially on pink bike are looking for used stuff right it's just so, tough for me to spend that much money on something that i don't know if i'm gonna like does that make sense yeah no i agree no yeah. I but once you try it like so for me like coil works so especially with all like so the coil i'm running right now is the ext uh mm -hmm. the extreme racing shocks and like I mean, they make a $2,000 fork as well. So it's not the cheapest shock on the market. It's like $1,395, I think, right now. And it's their new, like, um, E-Storia or whatever. And it's got, like, a 14-millimeter shaft. And, like, it has three circuits on it. So you got your compression, rebound circuits. And then you also have a high, uh, hydraulic bottom-out control, which for me was, like, so fucking dope. Because, like, the one problem with coils is that they are very linear. So, like... You know if you're starting to get close to bottoming out like 
a little bit bigger and it's going to bottom out. Like if you did a, if you did a little gap and it, you almost bottomed out, well, a little bit bigger of a gap, you're going to bottom out. So the hydraulic bottom out control was really cool for me. Cause like, you know, it's like, I think eight clicks or something like that. And when you get into your last 15% of your travel, it actually opens up a completely separate circuit. So it starts pumping oil in the opposite direction. So, um, which, so you're now, instead of just having like a bump, like a bumper stop you from bottoming out. Now you have actual, an actual circuit with oil that's helping stop the bottom out. So for right. me, it, it changed, like, I just put that on my bike a few weeks ago and like, I'm literally like in heaven because I'm having bottomed out once. And, and even if it's getting close, like you can't, cause the compression goes up so much. So, um, I don't know, coil shocks. I've just felt like so much more i've just been able to i feel more confident and i feel like more planted going through things because the problem i always had with air is i could never it was always too much air it was i always had to put too much damn air in the shock and then it just got so harsh and i yeah i'm such an idiot when it comes to suspension so i could be riding really shitty suspension and not even know that's really what it comes down to for me so maybe one day i'll you know, I always tell people that you don't know you have shitty brakes until you get better ones. So maybe I should just get a coil one day and I'll realize that my life needs to change. Well, I would just think as like a bigger dude, like the fact that you can control the shock with a, cause like if you put the right spring on the shock, it boom, it's ready for you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and how much do you weigh? Right now I'm like 255. Okay. So we're like almost the same weight. So like, yeah. so literally like, so you're probably putting what close to 300 pounds of pressure in your shock maybe like 280 no i usually put pretty close to my same body weight i like my shock kind of squishy okay Interesting. yeah yeah i have the ultimate on my um on my bronson and i i probably usually put like five to ten pounds more than what i weigh and then um on my tall boy i have a fox I probably would have just put like what my weight is. I don't even, I haven't even checked the thing in like months. I don't even know how much air is in there. Like, I wanted to answer. There's this guy right here that's asking about. A, uh, which one? Yeah, no, the Sprindex coil is really cool. And actually, I just met with um or this War Within guy. Sorry, I'm like starting to like side. Yeah, I told you. I told you not to do that. I'm don't be that. watching the comments. So no, that, that, let's let's go ahead. Let, we'll, we'll pull it up here. Um, is it that, that curious, one? I just, the Sprindex coil is pretty cool because Richie Slay and um, Carl from Crank Brothers, they're the ones that started that. So and, what's Sprindex? Tell us what the Sprindex is. Well, Sprindex is so basically like I forgot what they um, said about like who used to. I think uh, cars, some trucks have it, but basically it has like a plastic adjuster. So basically you can adjust how many coils are actually being used. So, mm -hmm. so like if you crank it down, you can adjust. So basically what you're doing is you're adjusting the, uh, the, the poundage on the, the coil. So I think you can go from like, I think it's like 75 pounds. So you could have, you know, if you're running, if you normally run like a 550 pound coil, you know, I, you know, it depends on, I don't know how many exactly they make, but they would have one that would be like, I don't know, 375 to, or 475 to 550 or something like that. So oh, you cool. can actually, so you can actually like, if you're going through an area where you want it to be stiffer, you can actually just, and it's super easy. You just, you turn this little plastic thing and uh -huh. it just has like a, an arm in it. And it basically just like covers up more coils so that they can't be compressed. 
Oh, that's cool. So, it, and it, yeah, it's kind of a simple concept, but um, and it is cool though because you can, you know, right on the spot, you can adjust like um, if you want it stiffer, if you want it to be a little bit more plush. Um, cause it's the same thing with, with air, you know, the less poundage you have on your, your coil, like the less, the less, the smaller, the poundage rate on your coil, the more plush it's going to be. So just be like taking more air out of your shock. Yeah. 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 Totally. Dude. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. So I did change my, um, rear shock, not my rear shock on the tall boy, but I changed it to a cascade link and they say that makes it a lot more linear or similar to a coil and. Or more progressive yeah or something like that yeah because cascade does um they make everything more, more progressive. progressive yeah that's what it is you're right yeah because like most bikes like oh well not it like ramps way up yeah yeah because a lot of bikes are like well and that's the thing with air versus coil right is since coils linear like you obviously want your bike to have more progressiveness right so if it's like under you know if it's like 22 percent or something like that like you know you definitely would want to run an air shock because an air shock is going to be more progressive. So yeah, there's certain bikes that just aren't made for coils because you need yeah. your bike to be somewhat progressive. I can say that freaking cascade link on the tall boy changed that bike completely. It made it so much awesome, like better. <laughs> Dude, they make dope. They make really cool products. I agree. Yeah, with that. yeah. So the, let's I, talk I, about your wheels, man. Not, I mean, so you guys got the shop. You're building all these other people's wheels. And you're like, what the hell? I want to build my, I want to make my own wheels. Oh, like my actual wheels. Yeah, your wheels. How'd that come about, man? Dude, I told you, I just do weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) I just fucking do weird shit and like want to do different things. I don't know. Like, so like originally, like it started like as just an idea. And um, I talked with a guy in Orange County that like, you know, does some like CAD file designs and stuff like that. And Uh then, um, one of my other buddies that does a lot of importing um, over from Taiwan, like had a connection out there for a carbon uh, manufacturer. And um, so like I started kind of shooting ideas around and I submitted some CAD files and we ended up getting, <laughs> I ended up paying some money and getting a prototype. Um, and so we actually went through three prototypes before we released the final ones. Um, so did you feel like there was something missing in the market or you just felt like it was something else you could offer to your customers i just like i honestly think like there are some great rim manufacturers out there um we just wanted to offer that like i wanted to bring in a really really dope price like i think everyone that hasn't ridden carbon or doesn't have a reason why they don't like carbon which is completely fine like I mean, I'm all about people riding what they want to ride, but if, but if like you, like, I think a lot of people as riders that are trying to progress can benefit from carbon rims. Like, cause I know it made me a better rider, like for 100% fact. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can say as a big dude, there's so many reasons why you should be riding carbon. So dude, it's insane. Like, and like all the people that say that they just break, like I literally like, yeah. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. Cause it's like the benefits that I get from like blasting through a rock garden or like hitting a berm, like as a big guy, that's creating a lot of force, like having a wheel that holds up like yeah. all the way through and is not throwing me and like jolting me around constantly. Like it just, I'm my confidence level went goes way up my, I PR like everything. Yeah. I just perform 
across the board better. Um, yeah, I, I think you can go and look at just as many fail videos of, of aluminum wheels as you can carbon wheels. Well, yeah, like, we, posted, we posted a reel the other day on Instagram and it was like just that stupid like carbon fiber, carbon fiber. And yeah. like it was just a bunch of broken frames and like everyone's like, oh, that's carbon for you. And I'm like, yeah, well, like it was just like supposed to be a funny video. I, I didn't say anything, but it's just like it is funny because it's like, yes, there are if not more aluminum frame yeah. failures than there are carbon fiber, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you're gonna break a frame, you're gonna break a wheel, you're gonna you're gonna break it. Like that's all it comes break down it. to, right? Yeah. yeah, and it might not even, and it's like mo most likely, it's not even like how it was manufactured or like, yeah. it was just like, it just broke. Like it just. Yeah, it usually the only thing that sucks about it is carbon is more expensive to replace. You yeah. know, which but, is but realistically, which is where the, warranty, where, where the warranty comes in, though, that you don't get on aluminum. Although a $100 aluminum rim is not that big of a deal. Yeah, but at, you still have to get the thing rebuilt and all the hassle and blah, blah, blah. You know, so. Um, it's usually like 90 bucks. Yeah. It's like what it usually costs to like do yeah. a replacement. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like you said, I think a carbon wheel is just um, the way that it feels in a corner. It, it's just so much more in my opinion more planted and i um i can't, i personally can't stand how they've been putting like all this extra compliance into some of these wheels um you said earlier that you like stands and when i first i have a set of stands wheels on on my tall boy right now and when i first got those they felt a little squirrely to me just because of the the way that the compliance is like i'm used to running a, a wheel like an envy that's just super stiff mm -hmm. and um i think also i was moving to a 29er and uh just that you know some companies there's another one that did it as well one i think was it one up did one that was like real like like the one wheel was more had more flex in it than the other like the front or the rear or something you remember you know which one i'm talking about no i don't did one, i don't even think one up made no, it wasn't one up then. It was somebody else. I can't remember who, or maybe it was, was it Revel? I can't remember. Anyways. Like, making, same with Evil now is making their own hoops. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't really like the that extra, all the extra compliance that that's in them. My, my stands I got used to after a little while. <clears throat> but I had mentioned that like feeling a flex in them. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to Jake, Jake built those at Project 321. He's like, Dude, I have the same rims. I don't feel that. He's like, I'm just as fat as you are, man. And uh, but when I talked to Richard, who's another big dude, Richard said that he had the uh, the Ibis ones that are basically the same rim, and he said he he felt the same thing. Like that's why he ended up getting rid of them. Yeah, when the Ibis like so Ibis actually partnered with Stands on yeah aluminum hoops, so they're using the same manufacturer. But I mean, that's just aluminum. But like, but aluminum. Yeah, but I'm talking about carbon. Oh, carbon. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean. I haven't gotten like to try as many like of the bigger manufacturers, but like those are being completely mass produced. I don't know. It's, it is yeah. interesting, but you're right though. Like envy is like known across the board as having like the stiffest rims yeah. on the market. Like their rims have no, like it is just like, they're not, there's no flex in them whatsoever. Yeah. So that is, that's an interesting point, but, um, but, you know, I've, and I've been riding the We Are Ones for a while. And, like, I really have – I've pretty much fallen in love with their unions. Like, and, like, I think, like, you know, you start getting these, like, 
like vertical compliance and horizontal. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it also depends on the weave, right? Because now going into carbon fiber or the layup, sorry, like you have, you know, 8K, 12K, and then you got like UD. So like you have all these different like types of, of layup that are also going to, you know, translate directly into like how the rim feels, like the way the, the carbon fibers actually are crossing. Are they crossing further apart or are they crossing closer together? So obviously the closer that they cross, the stiffer the wheel is going to be. So like a unidirectional cross where there you can't see any hatching at all, like that's yeah. going to be a stiffer rim than, than something that's using like an AK. And I don't know too many companies that use anything less than UD, but... Um, and oh, I, also, I mentioned that other brand in the comments. Crank Brothers is the one. Oh, I was Crank Brothers. About. Yeah, I will. I Crank Brothers, and they're they're local actually to us. Like the first time that I rode those, though, I thought I was on aluminum wheels because they had so much flex in them. I was like, these got to be aluminum. And then I I I, I even said something, and then later, um, my friend was like, "No, these are carbon. They're supposed to have compliance like that." And I'm like, "That's great for skinny dudes. I don't like it." What the synthesis? <laughs> the synthesis. I think that's what it was. Yeah. The yeah. I think it's like their synth 11 or they have a couple different ones. But yeah, like when they, they first came out though, it was like, they only had one and that, and it, and I think if I remember correctly, they had more compliance in one wheel than the other. Like the rear was stiffer and the front was yep. like a little more squirmy or something. I can't remember which way it was. Yeah. 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 They do that. Um, they're also doing that on their new alloy hoops as well. So like their front is a 28 hole and their rear is a 32 hole. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was like, and also I think the width is different as well. I think the front is 30.5 and the rear is 29.5. So you have a different internal width, external width, and then you also have different hole counts. So they're, they're like going for like the whole system. Like they're like, yeah, yeah, you you want your front to be a little bit more compliant and you want your, your rear to be a little more stiff, which is their like whole idea of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I think I think that you just notice these things more as a bigger dude, you know. So, what'd you guys do with yours? What what, what what's what's your wheels? Yeah, so we went with. Um, so I actually went like so. I I've liked a lot of the people that are doing, um, like you know, a lot of people have started riding a little bit. Like so, I just did it with their aluminum rims, the S thirty fives, like spreading the bead out a little bit more. Um, I didn't want to spread it out that much, but I did like the idea of like going a little bit away from the 30 millimeter because a 30 millimeter is like the perfect enduro tire uh, wheel, right? It's like 2.3 to 2.8 tire, like, you know, and if you're riding two five two fours, which most people are that are doing all mountain enduro, um, it's like the perfect width for a rim. So um, I wanted to keep that same tire range, but I wanted just a little bit wider just so, especially for me, because I've popped a lot of tires off my wheels, um, hitting things pretty hard and just creating a lot of force. So mm-hmm. I, the 31 is what we did on the internal. Um, and then we did a 38 externally. Um, and I mean, we did a pretty high sidewall um, and it's pretty thick and it's hookless as well. Um, and then one other interesting thing that I did is I did a flat spoke bed. Um, cause my idea with that and like talking to some people was with the, um, and it's also got a two mil offset towards the drive side. Um, but, um, was, uh, the flat spoke bed was, so the, um, impact would be absorbed a little bit or be dispersed a little bit more, um, without like, kind of like concentrating, like right underneath where the spoke is. Um, 
I mean, there was just like, it was just kind of like little things, right? Like that we were kind of- Do you have like an internal nipple, like an Envy, or is it just a regular no, nipple? It's just a regular external nipple. Yeah, there's uh -huh. no, yeah, we didn't do anything like molded um, holes, like they're true. Yeah, yeah. um, why why did thing. you do the, the offset? Um, so the offset is to, to keep the spoke path um, like aligned more nicely. So the um so it's like, like instead of dishing it then you can offset it a little bit and it doesn't have to dish as much it doesn't have to dish as much isn't it and it keeps the um because you so now with like longer hubs like boost and and super boost hubs coming out um your center to flange and some of your hub measurements are going to be a little bit you're going to get a different center on your hub um which can create like the hub kind of pushing out a little bit more or to the right or to the left whether it's the rear or the front um, but the spokes going from, um, like the spokes going from the holes to the hub, um, you want to have as even of a triangle as possible. Cause you're, you're creating more even tension rather than having like a crate, like, so pretty much across the board, like, you know, whether it's the front and, and the rotor side has more tension or the drive side on the rear has more tension. So you, the idea is to bring the tensions a little bit closer together. Um, mm -hmm. So you have a little bit more even wheel rather than like crazy tension over here on the drive side and, you know, vice versa on the front or the rear. Um, it just create like the idea is just to have a more stable equalized wheel. Um, and it's, you're not doing a ton by doing a two mil offset. And like, that was where Santa Cruz went crazy and did a six and a half mil offset, which is like. Yeah. Those, those stands that I have, they're, they're, they're pretty far offset too. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the reserves. Have you seen the reserves? They're like, that's the biggest offset I've seen. It's six and a half millimeters. It's, yeah. It's huge. Um, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm riding those Baron. I think it's Baron. Is that it by stands? Baron. Oh, yeah. The stands Baron. That's a yeah. 32. No, I think the. Or the, the 35. Like a 35. Yeah. It's a 35 internal. Oh, that's right. I was thinking of the Century. Yeah. The Century yeah. 32. Yeah. They got a lot of different sizes, which is actually kind of cool. So is that the Baron aluminum or the? No, they're carbon. So I think it's CB seven or something like that. Yeah, I think it's the model yeah. It took me. It took me a little bit to get used to, but I think some of it was also me getting used to a twenty nine er. Like a twenty yeah. nine er just flexes more than a twenty seven five, you know. And and it it was so I also went from a twenty seven five. And also, uh, my my Bronson is twenty seven five, with NV wheels like NV. The M7s, right? So they're like, they're super, super stiff in a 27.5. And then going to the CB7 on a 29er with some compliance in it. And uh, it definitely took me a, a little bit of getting used to. But once I did, I, I don't notice it anymore. But the first probably month or so of riding the bike, I, I could definitely feel like, I just felt like it was like having a little bit of give when I'd be in super techie rocky spots you know Meh. i mean it makes sense yeah, that's yeah i mean maybe it's just me too you know what i mean you never know you know it could sometimes you get some fucking crazy thought in your head and that's what you, you just you're stuck with right <laughs> yeah like it's just yeah, it's just fucking me so uh, as a wheel builder i know there's also a bunch of different like patterns that you can lace how you can lace a wheel is there something that you do particularly with yours or we just like three cross and envy does two cross which is like i mean because the so envy's like idea with that is like the our wheels are so stiff that we're trying to try to give you a little bit of forgiveness on the spoke pattern but yeah. I mean, for honestly like across the board like three cross is just 
for us has proven to be like the most efficient, the best method. Like, I mean, we do too, we do like abide by NVs. Like, you know, we're like, when we're building an NV wheel set um, with like Hydras, um, we do do two cross just because that's what they like to do. And we'll just keep it like that. But for our wheels, for the most part, we're doing three cross unless someone's like, I really want to cross, but I mean, like anything else, like, I mean, radio, like all the, I mean, there's really not, I mean, you don't really get, especially for the way we're riding. I mean, you, there's really not any other way you really want to lace a wheel. Yeah. I always leave it up to the wheel builder because I feel like building a wheel is like a work of I mean, It is kind you of, know? Art, yeah. People that build wheels that are good at it is a huge difference than somebody that can just build a wheel. I and, agree. I and, see and that. I, I see those guys all the time too. Yeah. It's like one of my buddies that's a, a he he was a mechanic at a bike shop for a while and he's like a really good rider and he's really good like mechanic himself, you know, and uh I remember the first time I got a set of, of of custom wheels and he's like, "Yeah, take them over here to get built." And I was like, "Oh, you can't do it." And he's like, "Dude, I don't even build my own wheels, man, cuz this guy's so fucking good at it." like you want him to build your wheels you know and when one of my friends that i knew was really like good was still telling me they took it somewhere else i was like all right i feel like there's something here you know and you get a really good wheel built you won't have to get it true you won't have to do anything to it you just ride the shit out of it you know until it breaks yeah yeah like and it usually breaks like it's usually from something crazy accident or something but it's like yeah, yeah. never just like yeah i mean it's it is cool and like i've been pretty lucky like i haven't been able to build as many wheels as i as i used to and like i've got i got super lucky with my lead wheel builder right now is like dude he is so it is like kind of crazy like how good he is um yeah. and like you know it took it takes a lot of time though to get someone and like there's also like we also went through it you know hiring wheel builders is not easy like that was like probably the scariest thing for us was like how the hell are we gonna and it's like we kind of knew too we weren't gonna find someone that knew like that was gonna come in and like had been building wheels for 30 years right Um, it's just not like there's just not enough of them there's yeah yeah it's like yeah one of my friends tried to my or jake actually from project 321 he's like dude i'm gonna teach you how to build a wheel and i lasted like 10 minutes you have and to I, do it like and I told him, I was like, this is not in my skill set, man. I don't all I want to do is throw this thing across the room right now. Like, yeah. like it's just not for me. I I there's certain things that I'm a hundred percent okay with paying somebody, and wheel building is one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it should be. Yeah, it's like one of those, yeah. I, mean, I I agree with you, and it's like it is like a lost art too, and it's just like it's you know, I see a lot of people yeah it can be scary too so like you, you, know, you got to be careful too who's building your wheels i mean i've seen some sketchy stuff but um especially when we get even like stuff we get from like manufacturers sometimes it's like yeah. sketchy dude some of these like stock oem wheels coming in is like whoa how did that even happen so when they're all machine built and then there's just like some guy checking tension or something like that, it, yeah, exactly. that you know which is a huge huge difference yeah but yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, and we can get, we get pretty nerdy with it too. I mean, we got all the, there's a bunch of different tools and stuff that, that we've like grown fond of. And like, you can like, there's all kinds of cool stuff that, that we do, but you know, right now it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I so, so with your wheels, obviously you'll put anybody's hubs on them, but 
do you sell it as a wheel set with some particular hubs already? Or? Yeah, so we had a we we talked to i9 pretty early about it and they were they were they gave us like a pretty sick deal um for OEM. Um so we're doing like a so right now and we just had more 29ers like which actually wasn't my plan so I wasn't originally going to restock for a little bit cuz we're having we are one actually called us and they're like <clears throat> I think I'm good to say this. Um they <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure you said January 1st, but they're like, so on their website, you can buy any color hub with an any color nipple on your wheel set. They're going all black. Um, so you only can get a black Hydra or one by one and black spokes and black nipples. It's just one wheel. Um, mm -hmm. So we're actually getting a bunch of their, um, all their, all the people that want colors are going to be, they're splitting between us and Fanatic. Oh, that's cool, dude. So we got that call like probably three weeks ago. Congrats, um, man. That's a big deal, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. we got that call. And um, this, so I was like, all right, well, like, let's focus on this then because we like got the like projection sheet from them and it's like pretty big. Um, so we were like, all right, like, let's like focus on like building this and like getting stable and like how many more we, cause we've already, I mean, cause there's a, like November, we did like 80 wheel sets. Um, December was kind of slow, but I mean, we like do a lot of wheels. Um, so back to the question, what do you put on your wheels? <laughs> okay. My, my bad. I was, um, so yeah, no, I, I, I was totally going down the rabbit hole with you. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think I, I feel like I asked something else. <laughs> um, hydras. We, right now it's hydras. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but it. I think what you were getting at is that maybe you're going to be doing something else or you oh, well, no what i was getting at was that i we weren't planning on restocking the hoops so oh, like I we see. were so like we had we had done an initial release with them um and we it was 1300 bucks for the wheel set with hydras um and then we ran out like the first like four days um and we weren't planning on restocking them and it was just like a random coincidence like it's a long story, honestly, how they how another two boxes showed up, but we we just got some more in stock, so that was kind of cool. Right on. So, um, is it that you weren't planning on restocking anymore, just because like because of the we are one thing? I wanted to like we wanted to focus on them on like build like stabilizing because like it was really crazy for us, like and like I had to bring on another wheel builder as well, and it's like we've been growing really fast, and like I want to make sure that we're like growing healthily and not like right. in a way that's like detrimental to the company and like we grow too fast so i wanted to make i just want to make sure that we're stable in like how many wheels we can build before we just keep opening it up for more and more and more oh i see what you're saying okay because it was getting to the point where we're like can we get all of these done yeah like is this going to be possible like can we do a hundred wheel sets in a month you know right. like so and like especially with like once we got the project so like and we all kind of knew december was going to be a slow month with the holidays and right. it ended up being pretty like kind of slow but not like crazy. like it was only like i think it was like 60 or something so it was yeah. like 20 less but now it's like you know and like i'm already starting to see it ramp back up just since the new year and um then we got the projection sheet from we are one and they're like all right we're gonna throw another 35 sets on top of that so we're like yeah. So I just want to make sure we're good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. So as far as your wheel set goes, you have 29ers available. Do you have 27.5 too? I do. You do. And then. Um, for now, yeah. For now, right. So like a, probably but, a little bit. But you have one model. That's what you're doing so far? Yeah, it's the, S, yeah, it's the SX305 
30.5 or 30, uh, yeah, 30, no, sorry, 31, sorry, <laughs> SX310, uh, 31 millimeters internal. It's the only one we have that, I don't know why I was thinking of the prototype before the SX305. That was the original. So we had like three prototypes in the second one, which was supposed to be production, ended up not going into production and the 31 went into production. Um, and like, so yeah, it's just one and it's up on our website right now too. Um, okay which is uh and it's like so under custom wheel sets it's like boom it's the only one you can pick there's no like multiple models or anything like that just 27.5 and 29. right on and it's a 32 hole 32 hole yeah we don't even make them in 28. Right. honestly and like that's another question that we get a lot is like like a lot of people ask not a lot of people but some people ask for 28 hole and like i personally don't see the point yeah like i just i don't see the weight like the weight reduction being enough to justify the, sh the durability reduction yeah yeah i had one guy on from a carbon company that said that every time you drilled a hole it was a point of weakness and that's why the 28 holes were more stronger than 32 but i've had posed that same question to other carbon wheel manufacturers that i've had on the show and they didn't agree with him so <laughs> I mean, that's personally just my opinion too. Like I just, yeah. like the main thing is right. Like there's two, it's like weight and compliance right. like, are the two things that I personally see. Um, so, I mean, to me, like, they're, they're, go ahead. I just feel like you get more a more durable wheel from a 32 hole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. dude. I'm a hundred percent with you there. I, <laughs> I don't feel like, like, what's the point, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, we could like, I mean, maybe someone will like completely like go after me on that, but we'll yeah, see. it's possible, but there, there's still a good point where it's like, I don't know, man, how many grams are you saving? Like I could shave my goatee off and probably save a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, you we're, know? Talking, <laughs> like, we're talking four spokes in the front and four in the back. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're talking like under 20, what, probably like 20, 25 grams. Right. If I take a dump every day, I'm good. Dude. <laughs> If you take a tenth of your dump, you're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you shave a little piece off of it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the main reason that you built your wheels then just was to offer something that you could like get a really good price for your. Yeah, customer. it was like a really good, just a really good price. It was something cool. To, like I like I'm always like open to like doing new things um, as we continue going down this path and continue growing and, and continue. Um, what we're doing so like i mean it was just kind of like an opportunity that presented itself and it wasn't going to cost like a crazy amount of money um mm -hmm. and it seemed like you know and like then it would allow us to do a, the next level of customization and we wanted to put them on some of these custom builds that we're doing um and then i got to work with richard um which was really fucking cool to like work with him on like actually designing the entire layout of the decal mm -hmm. um which allows us to do you know, even more with the decals than, you know, just your standard hoop um, that you're just pulling art from. So we were actually got to design the art for it, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Brad. It was yeah. super fun, dude. And it was a blast working with them. And I think they came out super dope. Like I love the decals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when the cool thing is, is like, it's your company, so you can change them whenever you want. You know what I mean? And yeah. people could have like, Hey, there's four different designs that we've made for our hoops. Pick which one and which color you want. Boom, we got exactly. it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah there is actually a comment to here, Colin. 
like that. Like I, I'll throw it up here. Let's let's see. I yeah, told you, stay away from the comments, man. He says, I yeah, think Stan's Flow MK4 feels pretty good for the price. It's pretty awesome. I just I love their like that's their brand new. So that was the replacement to the MK3, and like we're we've been pushing a lot of those, and like I just agree, like that is a great rim. Like I used to run that. the Stan's Flow in aluminum for a long time, and I had no problems with those. Like yeah. zero problems. Yeah, like it was I, a rock solid aluminum wheel. I never like and dude, I it's a great wheel. And what's on what's honestly crazy about the MK4s is like I'm really hope I don't butcher this, but I'm like 99% sure that the 29ers come in at 425 grams. Or wait, no, oh. 515, maybe. Fuck. I knew I was gonna butcher that. It it's really matter. it's literally almost the fucking same as a carbon wheel set. Like yeah almost the same and like reed boggs has been riding them and like they're bomb proof like so that's not the ex3 because the ex3 is their downhill model mm -hmm. um, which are pretty heavy those are like 600 grams per hoop but the uh the mk4s that they just released with the new two mil offset um i i mean like they're great great hoops so you guys are doing wheel builds you're doing that for anybody across the country here that wants to buy some wheels they can obviously hit your link and show more that I have or just go to spokex.com, give you guys a call or whatever. And then what about your bike sales? Are you guys selling on, like, are you shipping bikes too or? Yeah. So we're shipping certain bikes. Um, like, like, so like Yeti, like I keep trying to talk to them about it. And I, we're e-com, like we're set up e-com. We're not in like a retail, like, you know, big, like traffic area. Um, it's set up to be like, you know, we do have a showroom, but it's set up mostly to ship things out. Um, mm -hmm. so like I've been talking with them about it. Um, unfortunately, it's just like moving at the pace that they want it to. So, um, but Commonsall and Forbidden, um, we're good to go to ship those bikes. So, and the, those are the bikes that we do the frame up builds on. So those are going to be the two like cool custom, like you're going to be getting the most custom because Pivot and Yeti have actually stopped doing frame onlys right now while while the um, inventory is so bad. Yeah, like supply so, chain's all screwed up. Yeah, so you're pretty much getting box bike from them no matter what. Um, yeah. So so that's just kind of is what it is, which is fine. Um, and then yeah, so then Commonsall and Forbidden, we're pretty much only ordering frames from them. So um, yeah, and we're I'm just starting to work on like we kind of have like launched the wheel builder on our website where you can like go through kind of like building a pizza where you just like click all the different toppings. Um, mm -hmm. It's not as like interactive as the one on Fanatic, which I'm definitely like have in the back of my head is wanting to get to that point. Um, but we are doing something similar with um, with Forbidden and, and Commonsall on the website where you can like go through and click each part and add it and then build your wheels and do that whole thing. It yeah, just yeah. won't be a 3D part yet. Yeah, that's pretty rad though. It's getting there. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. That stuff's expensive, man. Website stuff is like, man, you, you can Dude. save some money on a. You can save some serious money on a shitty website. You know what I mean, like. Dude, and like I would even say, like our website is really good. I think I personally like not to toot my own horn. I think we've done an amazing job on our website for where we're at as a company, um, compared to a lot of other websites I've seen. But um, I mean, dude, you're you're right though. Like, I mean, to do one of those full wheel, like to have someone come in and code a complete wheel builder with like 3D images and like overlays and all that stuff. I mean, we're talking like close to 50, 60 grand, which is yeah. like yeah, that's yeah. people don't realize that's, that. Dude, that's coin for like yeah. and like you're not seeing any regeneration. Like 
that's with like a like the hope of regeneration right, right. like there's no get that's not like i'm ordering sixty thousand dollars of product that i know i'm gonna sell right like right. it's just it's like you're literally putting that money in into a black hole and hopefully it comes back and usually it is a good investment but i mean it's, i just don't think we need to we need it right now yeah no i mean it's it's um i i hear you dude that's a lot of money man i, I feel like it's a, it's, yeah i mean for anyone for any yeah. like size company like no one can say sixty thousand dollars is not a lot of money i don't care yeah i mean even if you're a bigger wheel company i mean to do that it's just uh i don't know it's a it's it's definitely a lot but it is cool to be able to see it like you know what i mean like, so oh, I just cool, this, like you know it's like so richard cool. and i talked about that like if you could you could design the stickers that you want and then select what bike you have and boom they're on there you know and you could like spin it around you'd be like oh that's so cool you know like yeah i thought that was like still in progress yeah 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 i think he's working on something like that but um i mean it's, it's just like what i'm saying though is in general like yeah it's really rad to see it but like on the, the other hand work, the amount of know, work. what is that really worth i don't know you know what i mean yeah fanatic is like the one company like i'm pretty sure they're one of the only ones that has like a full bike builder yeah yeah I've, i think they're the one that i'm thinking of you can like select different everything. bikes and colors and parts and, and it just puts it all there right dude everything like you yeah yeah that's that's the one I, I think i'm thinking of you start with your frame and you literally add every single piece of the bike on and it literally just goes through the whole thing and you see your entire bike come to life and then boom it's there and you can even do the decals like you yeah can do everything yeah yeah and that's crazy because they're you know constantly spending money every year that a frame changes or like a new part comes out like i would hope that developer money i mean hopefully they got a developer just on staff like that's all like they just got somebody that's doing like that'd be dope i personally would hope the developer whoever would do like would have like a back end for them where like it's just like these are like this is where it links to like add the picture here and it like yeah. changes that or whatever but right i, I understand I but what i'm getting at is it still takes time oh, it dude. still takes time for somebody to build that file to pull you know what i mean like Tons of and time. every year those things are changing All so right. let's just say you're paying you, you're paying some developer like out of pocket like at the beginning of every year when new products launch okay now i got to pay another 15 grand to have somebody like make new images or whatever it is it's not like like it's not like your wheel builder guy is gonna be like you know what you get the images this week you, you know what i mean Dude, like, yeah, exactly it's insane like yeah it is. yeah yeah it's yeah, a lot of fucking work that's crazy so are you looking at picking up any other brands for the shop or are you happy with what you got or dude i'm there's only one that i'm like so there's two other brands that we've like that we're in conversation with and it's really the only other so well santa cruz has always been a brand that i want in the shop yeah you said they were the first ones you reached out to yeah and i'm actually really close with the rep but unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately there's just a shop like right down the street from us that sells santa cruz but i've heard that they only sell their like s and r kits and that he needs an outlet for like the cc x01s and xx ones so there potentially may be that coming like that is like a big potentially though like there's no yeah. guarantee on that it's just like it was just a conversation that happened and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. maybe that could happen um so that i don't know um and then kona and evil are the other two companies that we're pretty much locked in with we just haven't like the inventory is just not there yet yeah um, but kona and evil were the other and kona i wanted because 
I like how they have kids bikes and I like how they have lower priced options because yeah, right, yeah. Now, right now, pretty much everything in our shop is, is expensive except yeah. common Saul does have some pretty cool options, but it's been like Yeti pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you started with the dentist bikes. I mean, you can only go down from there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can get downgrade a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, Yeti's been, a, I mean, Yeti's been, I mean, they're cool. They've been cool. I've, I've liked working with them. For the when moment. I first got um, my very first Bronson, I was actually, I really wanted to get a, a Yeti at the time. And um, just because of like, I, I was searching pink bike and, and I was looking for the, at the, at that time it was the SB five. So it was like, I was looking for an SB five or a Bronson. And I was just looking for whichever one came up with the best deal. And the Bronson was the one that came up first, you know? And uh, later I had ridden one and it didn't like, it, I wasn't crazy about it, but I really feel like they make some really good bikes. I really like the way that switch infinity works and like the idea behind it. And, um, but I'd say that the other bike that I'm super interested in that I haven't ridden is I haven't ridden any of the evils. I they, they look so cool. Yeah, they just like they nailed it on like just showroom alone. And for me, that's like 80% of the decision. Like the thing has to look sick before I'm even interested. You yeah, know? like your bike should look cool. Like you should be stoked on how it looks. You shouldn't be like, yeah, it like looks okay, but it rides like no, it should fucking look badass. Like I agree. Right. <laughs> Especially when you're spending that kind of money, dude. Like you want your bike to be dope looking. And I agree, evil makes beautiful bikes. Like I, I'm I've wanted them in the shop for a while and like it was kind of cool how they started like because originally they were also direct to consumer but they've like started opening up the dealer market as well so that that's been pretty cool so i mean i'm definitely like so we actually signed with them like they had us do like a blood oath and like so we like we signed with them and everything like it was it was like the bikes were coming but then i got a call like a week before we were supposed to do our pre-order and they're like yeah we're just like we can't even fill like what we already have open there's just no way it's gonna happen and we're like that's fine like we'll wait we're not going anywhere yeah, um, right and like we're already signed up with them so it's like already a pretty much a thing we're just waiting for bikes to be available yeah i mean this whole covid situation's just been crazy well dude and like we were covid born <laughs> so, yeah so yeah, you like, said that earlier it was kind of like you you actually started a shop at the right time i mean yeah. in the midst of things people were probably telling you you were crazy as hell but <laughs> yeah, nobody knew that overnight getting a bike was going to turn into like like you know picking up gold you know dude no everyone told me i was insane like but like it's been also like like it's been one of the shittiest things to navigate too. So it's like also what the fuck else could happen that we're not prepared for. Like we yeah. literally like figured out how to like keep a business and like grow a business during COVID, like an inventory crisis. Like we made it work. Like yeah. we made it work from the beginning. We figured out a good way to order when to order, like what to order, like the whole thing, you know, it was like, and it was all formulaic. Like we had to like map out long periods of time and like project long periods of time and like we made it work and like i feel like we did a really good job on it like yeah. i was really proud of us and like the whole like everyone at the shop yeah i mean like when when COVID first hit a lot of bike shops canceled their orders thinking that they're they weren't going to sell anything yeah you know what i mean and next thing you know you know a month later they're like oh can i get those back and another 30 percent you know and yeah and uh so 
Yeah, because it wasn't even like, cause yeah, man, like so many people started riding. Like, and like, I honestly really hope that the amount, the, all the people that started riding during COVID, like, I hope they keep riding and I hope more people keep yeah. finding out about mountain biking. I hope it keeps growing as a sport. I think that you'll see some drop off, you know, like maybe some be people, whatever their sport was, they, they couldn't do because of whatever the COVID restrictions were, they got into riding and, you know, it's just like normally, you know, let's just say out of, you know, a hundred people that come into the shop and that are like new riders, you probably only retain like 50 of them. Right. I don't know what the number is. But there's a certain amount of people that go out there, they buy a freaking badass bike, it sits in the garage, and then they sell it like five years later. Yeah. Cause I mean, and they try to sell it for the same price that they bought it for. <laughs> <laughs> or more like, it, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing as anything, though. It's like you really yeah. have to actually like commit. Like you, I mean, you got to push your, it's going to fucking suck. I mean, it, unless you just go ahead and get an e-bike. I mean, that's the thing too, though. A lot of people are going to get an e-bikes and they're like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. And it's like, yeah, you're having fun going uphill too. Like we're suffering. No, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you know, but there's still like a certain like thing with the e-bikes that I, I don't own one. I have ridden one. It's pretty fun. It's not high on my list of like bikes that I want to buy, but I would like to get one at, at some point. I will, yeah. You still get a hell of a workout, man. Like you do. Well, you you stay in fat burning. I mean, I, someone just came out with a study about that. You, I mean, it is. I mean, and it's literally not even like anything that needs to be proven. Like you're literally able to regulate your heart rate, yeah. so you can stay in those fat burning zones. So, like for people that are trying to lose fat, like specifically, like it does make more sense because you're not doing those big punchy climbs and raising your heart rate to 170, 180, 190. And where you're in, you know, almost muscle burning zone or what is it? Anaerobic. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a health expert at all, but like yeah. I, you know, I have heard that. Yeah. Well, I, I, all I can say is out of my own experience and my own experience is like when I went and got on e-bike, um, I rode my ass off for what, let's just call it like an hour and a half. And I was completely drenched in sweat. You, you know what I mean? And and my stoke level was high. And um, I personally still like that feeling of knowing that I earned that climb on my own. Like I that do. that means something to me. I do. But but I definitely see there's plenty of times like like maybe I don't have a lot of time to ride. And if I had an e-bike, I could go smash this 30-mile ride out and have a freaking badass time because i'm even having fun going up compared to like not having the time to do that and instead in that same amount of time i would do like an eight mile loop because i'm on my analog bike you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. no nah, or, or we have some spots too that we shuttle you know we'll get like four or five trucks together and we'll shuttle these runs and honestly the time that it takes us driving the trucks back and forth and stuff do if we all had e-bikes, we probably wouldn't. We'd probably get more laps in on the e-bikes. You know, yeah. I mean, there's so many benefits to e-bikes, and like I, I also. Though, but the thing is, my biggest thing that I've, my biggest complaint about the e-bikes that I've ridden have not been about like anything to do with the uphill. It's just been like I like how my bike performs going downhill more yeah. than the e-bike. I like like how it hits rocks better. Like it just everything about the e-bike just feels not as, you know, and I always feel like yeah. I'm losing the back end and like, 
yeah stuff. yeah there's a bunch of stuff that i i noticed when i was riding like the way that i would break and the way that i would corner things felt a lot different but ultimately these things have only been out for like two years there's a lot you know, five ten be- years from now you're not going to be able to tell a damn difference between the two you know like oh, one right. of them's going to weigh like three pounds more than the other or something you know? <laughs> dude or it's like yeah they're going to use some like freaking hydrogen motor or something <laughs> yeah or it'll be something like I, there, there's a guy that I know that that does a he's a road biker and he said that there's some brands that the engine and the battery is all one piece for the road bike and you can take it out and you can put in like a, a like a carbon panel and it'll be a regular bike or you can pop the motor and the battery in and then it's an e-bike so I could really see when he told me that I was like man that's that's a really good idea that eventually the battery technology could get in a spot or the motor technology could get in a spot where you actually have an analog bike or an e-bike. It's up to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That is pretty dope, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see where it goes, man. I mean, like, it's really just like, I mean, I feel like it was just the beginning, especially like, and like really like mountain bike suspension too. Like there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of potential there as well. Like, I mean, we've only just started seeing like, like these shocks that are getting so good. I mean, just in the last few years, I mean, it's insane how much technology has come in the last few years. So it's kind of like exciting for our industry to see where it goes in the next few years. Yeah. The way that the bikes have been changing over the last few years, I have had this conversation with a bunch of my friends lately and um, anybody that, that has a bike that's four or five years old and they're talking about upgrading it, I am always, even three years old in some cases, I'm like, dude, sell the bike. You'll get great money for it right now. Buy something new. Always buy something, yeah. I I, I can't, I I cannot freaking explain it well enough for them to understand. One of my my good buddies, it's a great rider. I had been telling him this over and over again. And fortunately, his bike got stolen. And, And his bike got stolen. He got a new bike. And he's, and he said to me, he's like, holy shit, dude, you're so right. Like this bike is so much better than my old bike. There was nothing I could have done to my old bike to make it this good. No, you know, there's no way. Yeah. And it's going to keep going like that. And like, which is like, yeah, I mean, I've always been, even before I owned the shop, it was like for the couple of years that I did ride, like I was pretty much selling and buying a new bike every year. I mean, it's just kind of like. You know, and especially you ride, we ride hard and it's like a year of riding our bikes. Like, I don't know about you, but like a year of riding my bike and that thing's pretty thrashed. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't even think I'll be making this bike will make it to a year. But um, usually it's like every like three or four months for me. Well, and back bike. in the day, you could buy a new shock or you could buy new wheels or whatever. And, and your bike would be closer to what the new bikes are. But right yeah. now, the way that they're changing the geometries every year or th- there's these, like these small little like degrees of change that are phenomenally different you know it just blows me away it really it really blows me away man and and yeah it's 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 i'm dude again i'm very stoked to see where the industry goes with this like especially like companies like i don't know i get stoked on like um companies like push and like these guys coming out with these like for me it was like such a cool thing to have like a shot like that was another thing i was stoked on with you know the ext is like it's like they're making a shock for me like for my yeah. riding, for my weight, for my height, for everything. And yeah, 
I think more of that in the industry is also going to be very cool. Like starting to get things more tailored towards you as a rider so that you can like progress, you know, as you need to, like not, you know, not being held back by your bike, right? Like allowing yourself to progress at that level. Right on. Yeah. I hear you there for sure. Hey dude, I really appreciate it. We're almost at 200, two hours now. So I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Yeah, it was congratulations sick. on your success, dude. You you've been killing it, man. Hopefully your trajectory keeps staying at that rate. I appreciate that, dude. I really do. Yeah, yeah for sure. With you too. Super. It was super rad meeting you down at Sea Otter and uh, seeing seeing your wheels and like hearing your story and stuff like that. So I think I think it was pretty cool to 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 hear a little bit more of it today. It was uh it was fun chatting. Yeah, dude. And we'll uh we'll definitely you're up in you up in you're in I'm North Tower, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Sacramento. Cool. Yeah, we'll be up there again. So I'll hit you up when we when we're back up in town. Yeah, I saw your truck when, when I was in Sedona for the the festival, and I was like, I was at the pizza shop there on in, in West Sedona. And I seen you sitting at the light, and I was like, Oh, I know that dude. And then the light turned green. I was like, Ah, never mind. You would have <laughs> you would have thought it was some crazy person running up to your truck, being like, What's up, man? All dude. drunk and shit. <laughs> I love, dude, I love Sedona. I'd yeah like, yeah good time i just got now. back from riding out there and it's freaking amazing yeah yeah now i always have a good time i always have a good time riding in arizona but there's one thing i i always say about arizona is you're climbing down <laughs> like they don't have downhill like we do up here in northern california no dude, dude i don't like think one has downhill like that then <laughs> well the only other place i've seen that has downhill like that level is um is like washington yeah we got to ride out in capitol forest out there and like i mean you're talking like you know two thousand foot descents over like a mile and a half holy it shit it, dude i mean it's it's yeah the, i mean same with santa cruz though i mean some of those descents are freaking insane dude yeah yeah santa cruz is super fun for sure i always ask people before they get off the show what youtube channels they like to watch whether it's like basket weaving or mountain biking or whatever it's just fun to hear so what who do you like to, who do you like to watch on youtube Dude, I love watching. Well, I don't have like, unfortunately, like, it's kind of sad. I don't. Well, actually, I've been watching. This is fucking weird, but like, I've been watching like randomly, like this Coffeezilla dude, which yeah. is which is so fucking weird of me. But I also um watch. What's, what's he do? What's the Coffeezilla guy do? He like investigates. Like he investigates like these fraud, like these dudes that are like taking advantage of people, like through like fraud schemes like at like these like whatever like crypto schemes are going on oh right yeah now. i've seen some of those dudes and yeah, they're like, like kind of like um the what's the the busters the uh something busters or whatever but yeah like myth, like, myth busters no not like myth no not it's uh fuck, i can't remember it's an instagram uh channel but he's like the youtube version of it like internet fucking detective like i don't know he just and he the, a couple months ago he like fully exposed this dude and like it's like all the dudes you see on the ads and stuff that like pop up and they're like, oh, like buy this Shopify channel. And it's just like such a fucking scam. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's interesting to watch. Yeah. There's a guy I've watched a few times that that'll like take control of their machines and like show their their video like of themselves and, and like the people that's trying to scam them. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Dude, it's insane. Honestly. Yeah. 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 And then fail videos. I watch anything that has to do with people eating shit is i think is funny <laughs> <laughs> it's always a win right it's always right on hunter it was awesome talking with you it, i really really had a good time anybody Easter. who hasn't hit the thumbs up yet if you're on youtube hit the thumbs up do me a favor what up, back if you haven't, huh oh sorry no uh 
fucking backyard shredders in here. Just want to say what up, Bobby. Uh, Nick loves oh, what up? What up? <laughs> Anybody who hasn't hit the subscribe button, please do that. If you would like to go check out his site, check it out. Spokex.com. Order some wheels. Maybe buy a bike. Whatever you got to do. Hit, hit, hit Hunter up. He'll, he'll, he'll take care of you. Um, definitely. Definitely. If there is, if you want something for free, swing by my Instagram or my Facebook. Check that out. At BikerB1. I would appreciate the follow. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're on, if you're on Apple Podcasts, swing by, write me a five-star review. I like dipping in there every once in a while, checking them out. It's really fun to read. It helps the algorithm. Same with the thumbs up and the, the subscribe. Like there's all these algorithms. And at the end of the day, if I nail it right, I'll be able to just walk into my office and tell everybody to go screw themselves because yeah. I'm, uh, I, uh, what do you call, I'm an influencer now or something like that. So help me out. That's all I'm asking. Just a little help takes a little bit of your time. I really appreciate everybody that's that's supported me through the last year on Patreon. Looking forward to another year of that. And uh, once again, there's one thing that I want you to remember. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.